You're listening to the Practically Pastoring Podcast, where we want to help pastors and church leaders share ideas, become better shepherds and leaders, and have a good time with friends. Welcome back to the Practically Pastoring Podcast. My name is Frank, and I am glad you are here. (laughs) I I too have spoken English for the first time today. I'm just a big Josh Gad fan from Frozen, you know? Um, <laughs> hey, we are here with all of well, not all of our friends. Delmar is on assignment, but up in Baltimore, Maryland, we got Jeffrey Simpson. I'm back, and then together in studio, acting like children fighting over something, we have Andrew Larson. My phone rang and my AirPods. It it, it was a whole thing. We fixed it. Don't worry about it. Are you hey. sharing AirPods right now? <laughs> we are. We are sharing AirPods. Oh, that is so cute. And then we have Timothy Miller. He, he doesn't know how to cancel a phone call on the iPhone. It's the side button. You can cancel the call. I, it stopped ringing. I did hit it. I was hitting it a bunch of times. He's against cancel culture, so he doesn't know how to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but your headphones. Here. Listen, I feel like you could be. You would have been closer if this was earlier in our history because you would have had that cable between you. You know, you would have had to, to. Right now, the headphones are on the outside ear because you're sitting next to each other. But if you had the headphone we used cables, to, we used to each go inside ear. Yep, inside ear, linked it together. It's nice. <laughs> I thought maybe Andrew was checking the podcast uh, DMs that Frank requested last episode when I wasn't here. <laughs> hey, I was in the woods. I was in the woods of Vermont late late at night, driving to my final destination on vacation when I heard Frank call for women to DM us. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was listening, and she was like, "What is this? What you're a part of?" <laughs> oh man. Anyways, sorry. I just got I just got a text message from um, a, deli- a delivering company that wants to do- deliver toilet paper to the church. Never knew that was a thing. Um, uh, so they didn't so anyways, teach us any of this in Bible college. And seminary. Yeah. There's. Hey, you're basically going to be a property manager who preaches sometimes. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. For real. First off, no one DM'd me. No one, uh, not no woman or man DM'd me. Privately. You didn't get mine. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I didn't get. I didn't get yours either. I, maybe Facebook was down again. Oh yeah, but, but we'll, we'll talk about uh, the conference uh, uh, some more in a second. How's everyone's weekend been? What did you guys do? Uh, well, I did this thing on Sunday that I usually do, where I have church. It was great. Uh, in all reality, it was it was nice. I just got back from vacation, went to Vermont with the family. Uh, we are now officially leaf peepers. That's what they call you. So when you go to look at leaves, yep, we peep some leaves. Fun fact about Vermont, no billboards on the highways. So it's actually huh. really nice. There were billboards in Pennsylvania, which it, 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 was ab- it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the trees were at like full peak when we were there, and uh, it was really fun. And then got back, did church, did not go to Ecuador like I was supposed to, and uh, then... I guess that would be the second week of church yesterday that I was since I've been back. So, yeah, I had a good Sunday. And then today I've had two very long, very difficult conversations right before I got on here. So I'm hoping this nice. will bring me some joy. <laughs> good. I participated in a golf tournament on Saturday for the the benefit of my children's private Christian school education. I, uh, I am not a good golfer, but I know people who are really good golfers, so I... Was I it a best ball tournament? Yeah, it was a scramble, four man scramble. But there was, I mean, there nice. was quite a few, quite a few golfers. We tied for first, which you know came down to the tiebreaker. We lost. I'm sorry, Timmy. It's okay. I'm only slightly better, better, but you know, I was going for the three peat. Didn't quite happen, but I did hit uh, my best ever golf shot um, in the tournament, which is just rare. And because I, people were there and saw it. People were there. They saw it, and it was two feet from the cup. And I won the closest to the pin challenge, and I won a five like hundred three driver on a par three. Nice yep, hundred hundred and fifty two yards, two feet from the cup. It was a beautiful thing. And then Dude, that's uh, enough. I too, like, Jeff, I too had church yesterday. That's cool that you guys did too. Yeah, we did. We did. So, that's awesome. So we had church. We we're in, in the middle of our Esther series, and it's it's been a fun one. It's different. But it has been a, a fun series to walk through. We get this had church yesterday. What? Get, I even Stop preached. It. I know. I like what? showed up at eight eight fifty ish. Got a got our live stream all set up, ready to go. 
came in and I, I added a few things to my slides for the sermon, went out and hit go live on the live stream at about quarter till and our internet completely crapped out like I the entire that. downtown safety Harbor area. So the first announcement was like, Hey, if you're trying to join us online this morning, we'll uh, put the video up later today. But then it seemed to work itself out. And I spent a whole lot of hours watching football as an Ohio state Buckeyes fan and Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. It was kind of a boring weekend because uh, I think my teams outscored the other teams about a hundred to 10. So, you know, you're doing just fine. You can't, you cannot complain about winning by that big of a margin. But sometimes you, you miss the nail biter when you have to high five and scream when you get excited. I did not have any of those moments. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I also, I too also had church. I, as the campus pastor of the group, got to preach. So I got to make the rounds. I'll talk a little bit more about my issues with what happened in the, in the main discussion, but it was cool. Got to preach John 14. Apparently Andrew uh, knows that from memory because right before we got on, he started just quoting it from the King James. It was pretty impressive. I, I just memorize all of scripture. It's a spiritual discipline that I have. Or I was in like a middle school speech meet because I went to Christian school and the easiest category to win was Bible memory passages. Hey, did any of your tr- like denominations or traditions have Bible quizzing as like a thing? Because in my denomination, it was apparently a huge deal in the nineties, like to the point where there, were, there was like official chairs that went with it that we had in storage here that had like a, like a, like a game show button type thing. I don't have any idea how any of it worked because I didn't grow up in this denomination. But when I first came here, there was a set of chairs in the back room that another church asked if they could have. For well, listen, I grew up in Fundy, yeah, and uh, I was on the Awana Olympics team regularly. Oh, not for dude. my, not for my athletic ability, but for the part of the Awana Olympics that would be the the quiz section Mm -hmm. and i would i would dominate i when where i went to college the beautiful may she rest in peace clearwater christian college Mm. there were kids that would regularly they would regularly put on their application like you know the different bible quiz awards that they had won like yeah i was a c student in high school but i was on this bible quiz team so you should let me go to college Exactly. It's like it Eagle is the Bible college version of Eagle Scouts. <laughs> I was Awana Olympics, but for sword drilling and for Ooh. speed of books of the Bible. So 66 Ooh, books of the sword Bible. Drilling. I was at, at in, in fourth grade, I was able to do all 66 in, so, under, in under 10 seconds. So with, you know, so you hold your Bible and now are you allowed to bend your elbow or is the arm straight up? What's it depended your, on the judge. Because sometimes some of them were like, like the thumbs on either side. You couldn't yeah. be touching it. You know, it was as long as everyone was doing the same. I could only follow the same rule. Yeah. You, could, you never were allowed to and it was on pages, though, ever. And it was like, so they would say the reference, and then you would say the reference, yes. and then go? Mm-hmm. Or uh, I have not. It's intense. I have not even thought of sword drilling in decades. I mean, Dude, I'm when, when I hear sword drilling, sword drills. Oh, there yeah. should be one, man. Yes. That's a great idea. Whenever I hear sword drilling, <laughs> I immediately start <laughs> tasting M&M's. In my mouth because that was the prize that was always given. <laughs> the Sunday church. school candy. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's like a Pavlov's dogs, but. <laughs> Smarties um, and those uh, strawberry candies for me. Uh, yeah. And one Sunday school teacher I had would pass out bit of honey. You remember bit of honey? It's an old candy, but it was good. It was so good. I'm on the uh, I'm on the Wikipedia page under Bible quiz, and it seems like there are like a number of denominations that have their own version of this. Like but a tournament. Have, it's like a tournament yeah. thing. But the Alliance is actually a pretty big deal on this. Yeah, man. And uh, and they have a record of every single district and team that's won mm-hmm. since the last 34 years. And so yeah, last bro. year, well, so I guess they didn't have it in 2020, probably because of COVID, but in 2019, COVID ruined everything. They, had the, they had the Bible Bowl at uh, Johnson University in Orlando, Florida. And uh, the Canadian Midwest one team in the alliance in, in the alliance came in first. Wow! The Pacific Northwest came in second, mm. and in the Canadian Midwest two teams. Almost, hey, I almost worked in the Pacific Northwest. Oh wow! You, you could have been a, a second place team. Could have been <laughs> for the. Uh, we for the at Lakeview Church now hosts the Bible B. We have a couple of families who are very into it, so we host our area's so Bible like, B. Like every, homeschool kids, do those yes, homeschool kids. <laughs> 
they are serious about their Bible. We should interview the winners on the, like we should reach out to those mm. people, Frank, and be like, "Yo, we want your team on this show uh, at think, the conference." Yeah. <laughs> They should also, judge our also, sword drill at the conference is what should happen. We should, we should interview Bible B kids that are now in jail because you know there's a bunch and be wow. like, what went wrong? You know it's true. It has I'm to be. Just wow. saying. Like, numbers a, are numbers. There's a, there's a certain type of you know performance mentality that does not have any grace, and we should find some of those kids and be like, let's share your story, man. Like you, They thought you were going to be a pastor because you, you, know, you did this. Why don't you share? Why don't you? You know, I feel like that is the what's the what, the that is the deconstruction story that I want to hear. Mm-hmm. The oh Bible be kid who oh, deconstructs. Man. What if I don't get, want it to happen? But if no, assuming it has happened, that's the story I would like to hear. What if we get one of these kids who like came in first place at the Bible Bee and have him go up against one of the pastors at the Berkeley Pastoring Conference? To see, who, are you smarter than like, a fifth grader seminary yeah, edition? Yeah, seminary versus a fifth grade Bible be winner, and see like we if did they, it. I liked you. I, I went. I went head to head with one. I was. I was sweating. It was an online competition. It was the whole youth group, but everybody knew it was her against. And Pastor you were like Tim. my identity and my calling, my place in God's I was family is so, at stake. By the grace of God, I won, but I was terrified to face her in the in the Bible trivia competition. Oh man! And it was a woman. A oh, man. Complimentarians everywhere would have been so mad at you. Seventh you, grade you girl. She was in seventh grade and she was awesome. Oh man. So I have no way how to transition from this. But hey, did you guys know that the T4G conference is having their final uh gathering uh next next year in, in April of twenty two, I believe. And uh I think and, we, Del- and they've officially asked us to pick up the mantle. Yeah, so yeah they, they announced it. They were like, head on over to Head on over to practically pastoring. Yeah. It was crazy. Listen, if on, you are looking to spend the conference we'll money, um, we got this. We've yeah. got multiple denominations represented. Yep, we got this. And if you want to buy, you know, sponsorship booths or ad space, we we'll, we will gladly sell you. We'll go half price. We'll give you quarter we'll the price. Half price. <laughs> we'll give you a great deal. No, we'll give you a tie. Whatever you're paying, <laughs> whatever you are paying to, uh, you know ad or to you know be an exhibitor at t4g we got this we will promise that you will uh spend way less it will cost you one tithe ligan duncan and mark dever personally said go to the practically pastoring conference now that t4g is over okay so and those are that's high praise from the guy we need we need someone to do a deep fake of that video and promote our conference that would be incredible. <laughs> that would be amazing. Where's Dell today? He's the he's one of the video skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he has deep fake technology, but he can probably figure it out. But hey, we have the Practically Pastoring Conference. Uh, we are so excited about it. Uh, it's going to be coming up in February. I actually have a discount code right now that is live for Pastor Appreciation Month. If uh, if you go to uh, practicallypastoringconference.com, and put in the promo code um, PASTORS25 up until October 31st. It ends October. It ends, you know, the evening of October 31st. Um, you'll save $25 for Pastor Appreciation Month to be able to go to the Practically Pastor Conference for $25 less. And appreciate yourself. And, and yeah, appreciate yourself or talk to your elders and say, hey, if you really appreciate me, send me to this conference, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we, we, wanna, we want you there. Again, I've said this multiple times. If you're title or role at the church is pastor at your church. We want you there. We have a good crowd there. We are now officially nationwide. We have folks from, from C to signing sheet. C. I'm not, is that coast to coast? Every time zone is represented. Yeah. That's the better way. Every time, every time. From the mountains to the prairies. (laughs) Yes. From the oceans to the sea. Yes. Yeah. From yeah. from Detroit down to Houston, from New York to L. That's a different song. That's a, uh, but same that's a, same idea. That's a, to the window, idea, to the song. wall. All the everyone there is there. <laughs> everyone is there, and we are excited about it. And nothing to do. What are you guys talking about? That's exact. It's a patriotic song, isn't it? It's about the, the span of the country. Uh, so we oh are we're excited. Go I'm to just glad we didn't finish the lyric. That would have been bad. I don't know it. I've only heard the kids' pop version of that song. I was assuming it's patriotic. Um, so 
I want everyone to go to practicallypastorconference.com. You'll save $25 if you use Pastors25 as a promo code. And we are so stoked to have it. Again, T4G has officially endorsed us, and they want you there. So uh, go to practicallypastorconference.com. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dive into our clergy cliff notes. Hey, we are back and we are looking at an article over at Christianity Today, and it's not about Driscoll. All right. So just to give you some heads up, we're not talking about Driscoll quite yet. They actually have their segments like where you click on the different types of news they have. It just says Driscoll and everything else. Those are the types of articles (laughs) that you can read. (laughs) That is the biggest tag they have right now on that website. But um, we were talking about Christianity today on our way to lunch. Tim and I were, and it was a. Do you think that they're wishing they would have actually sold advertisements to the Rise and Fall podcast instead of just like filling all their ad spots with Christianity Today's? You know, whether it be uh, Christian MetaShare or whatever other comp, you know, Christian companies that would advertise on a podcast. I wonder. I would love to see what their subscription numbers looked like before and after this. Oh yeah, I, I just it's been so successful. I would love to see the business model. I'm sorry, yeah. that's not what you were talking about, Frank, but that was a lunch conversation. It's okay. Transition again. Talk about something else. <laughs> well, this is a professional podcast. The uh, the podcast the, the 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 blog post the uh, the story over at Christianity Today by by I I can't say her last name Susan Metz I, I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, she has an article called "The Riddle of Church Loneliness." Why are evangelicals as lonesome as everyone else before COVID-19, but less so after? And so it, they, they, basically there was a survey being done about loneliness, and there seems to be some kind of um, connection between the fact that those who attend church are not as lonely as those who don't attend church. But even if you read the article towards the end, it talks about how the data may not be as accurate because people who attend to go to church probably don't want to be honest because there's a stigma against loneliness. And so so there's no real way to truly quantify it. But they talked about the fact that, you know, in the pandemic season, there's folks who've left the church or folks who are just doing church online, and that may play into even greater loneliness amongst them. And so... Uh, it's an interesting article to read, but I want to ask you guys a couple questions about if you've noticed a rise in people saying that they're lonely. Um, I know for me, probably one in every five or six pastoral care situations in my church right now are people who are saying, Hey, I don't feel connected and I feel lonely and I would like to do like, what can I do about it? And so it's caused me to think about what is the purpose? Like what is the church's purpose in helping people meet their social needs. And so I just want to hear what your thoughts are on the article, on uh, the state of the loneliness of your people, things like that. Yeah, I think, Frank, I like the word disconnected. That's the word I've been hearing the most, not necessarily lonely, but I don't feel as connected or I'm having a tough kind, tough time getting connected. That's been a lot of our exit interviews over the past, I don't know, six to nine months. It's been one of the reasons, or the main reason that I've seen people saying, you know, here's why we're, we're not coming back. Here's what we just, we haven't felt connected. And I guess, I mean, maybe the root of that is, is loneliness. But I mean, I think there's two sides there because part of sometimes people not feeling connected is they haven't really made the effort to get connected. So that, and I try to be so careful here, but typically when I have a church member who's telling me they don't feel connected, I'm, and I'm, my first two questions are, uh, well, are you actively serving and are, are you plugged into a home group? And if the answer is no to one or both of those, then, you know, I can I can give you a guess as to why you don't feel as connected. Now, the loneliness factor that that's going to be much more of a hard issue for sure. I think we dealt with that a lot during the pandemic. You know, we were in Florida. We we have an older congregation by average than than most of the country. And and there's a good segment of our congregation here that is widowed or you know widows and widowers and i feel like they were hit the hardest during the pandemic so we have people that are of the age demographic that are most susceptible to get sick 
who are also the ones living at home at, oftentimes for their very first time, you know, that they're, they're living by themselves. You know, they went from parents' house to college to getting married and now here they are at 70 or 75 or 80 years old and they're being told don't leave the house unless you absolutely need to. I feel like those are the people that were really hit the hardest with the loneliness, at least in our church. And so we had the the issue we we had an outbreak last summer summer of 2020 here in the church and so we had reopened a little bit but we're saying hey we're gonna you know to keep everybody safe we're not doing kids ministry we're not doing any fellowship after church because we do fellowship hall food time really well around here and so we said we're just doing the service the attention and the effort is kind of for the online service but we're doing this live and because the the stay home order in the state has expired everybody's welcome to come but for your safety, we're totally cool with you staying home. And the first two people through the doors every Sunday for six weeks were in their 80s and 90s. And yeah. it was a, this is the only time I get to see other people right now. And so, yeah, I think the, this article is exactly right. And we're in our personal life, in my, in my family, my wife's grandma just died. And she was not a church person and had not really left her house much in the past five years. And the, the debate is like, do we have a, a service? Do we have a funeral? Like, would anybody actually come? And I look at some of the older people that are in our church. And I think the difference between them and them is the church and the connection they had with people in the church. And yes, there's issues of faith and, you know, life issues that come from that. But boy, there's a noticeable difference about someone who is an active part of a faith community versus someone who really and truly has been isolated during the past couple of years. Hey, Tim, you, you, you said something that I've been telling people a lot. You said, you know, hey, if you're feeling disconnected or lonely or whatnot, are you part of a small group? Are you part, you know, are you serving and things like that? Have you ran into people who've said, like that's just not for me like like being in a small group is not where i'm feeling like relationships what i've noticed is like at our church we do follow that simple church model that like the simple church book that came out and so small groups is the primary place that really encompasses both fellowship and discipleship no. and and uh, the first time ever in my entire time here at my church i'm hearing people who are telling me hey I don't I don't like small groups. Small groups is not the place where I, I feel fellowship or community. Small groups is not necessarily even the place where I'm feeling discipleship. And so like I'm walking with people who when I tell them, have you joined a small group? What they they're not satisfied with that answer. And so then it's leaving me thinking about like, dang, so is the church's responsibility to like kind of create the fellowship of community for people? Can you can you what what do you do? Have you faced people who said that? And what do you tell them in those situations? Yeah, I have faced that a little bit, but most of the time it's kind of this, uh, well, I wasn't able to continue with the home group or the, the home group was a little bit too far away for me. or It wasn't close enough. So I haven't had the direct, I mean, it sounds like you've had some pretty direct conversations of I have tried that on ramp that you guys offer and it has not worked for me. Well, it, like it's that, probably, that's a, it, that's tough. it's probably close to what you just said. It's, I mean, I, 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 I don't really I can't really gauge exactly their intentions. Like some people I feel like this, they didn't really want to give it a try and they're just looking for the church to just meet their social needs. And then I think there might have been a handful of people who are saying, like, I'm used to more of a traditional like Sunday school model where I'm in a class of people's lecturing me and that's how I get my discipleship. And therefore my community comes from like the church potlucks, which is just not the model our church does, right? But I I, I I guess I just struggle with it. I think it's like, I, I'm not saying if people want to say that small groups isn't their place for them to get community, that's fine. But what, what would you, what have you said in the past to those folks who told you it didn't work out? It's too far, whatever. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really have a good definitive <laughs> answer for them. I got that because like you, that is our main on ramp for discipleship and community. So it's, it's our first step into all things discipleship at Lakeview church. It is, join a home group or, and I guess I could say I would follow it up with where are you serving? So if, if a home group isn't, isn't where it's at for you, are you serving on a team? Because usually our team leaders are then pouring into their, their team members and there's discipleship happening on our serving teams too. So really those are our two main on-ramps. 
we have a we have a Bible study from time to time, but we don't have a formal Christian education program like you said many are used to in the past. So it's tough if you're telling me, you know, between those two on ramps, I'm not getting connected. It's probably gonna you're probably gonna have a tough go at connection at Lakeview Church. I think we're gonna see a, a pendulum swing and, and change though, because for so many of our years, you know, I'm about to turn 39 in a couple of days and about 22 to 25 for me that was you know the the mid 2000s in a hey we're moving away from the sunday school model we're going to have you know two services that are identical and we're going to have small groups we're not going to have sunday school anymore and small groups small groups small groups small groups because the sunday school model does not work anymore we're almost coming i think to the life of the small group model where we're going to say, okay, is it time to relook at this model again? Because yes, this was really good when 40 days of purpose came out and it made a whole lot of sense for people to jump in and, and do life together this way. But now our most active small group that we have at our church is a group of people probably from mid fifties up to their mid eighties that they meet on zoom every Tuesday night. And it was, you know, part of it for for health reasons. They didn't want to come back in person. And part of it was because, well, they couldn't travel for a year and a half and now they can travel, but they don't want to miss out on their community. And so instead of the, hey, let's sit around in a room in a church that's designed to look like a living room with rooms to go furniture all over the place, um, let's be able to connect to each other no matter where we are and have a time of prayer and have a time of study. But let's just make sure we're connecting with each other. And it is working way better than any of our traditional small groups are. And see, we're seeing the opposite because we had people come to us and say, we're not doing another Zoom. I Zoom at work. I Zoom for school. I'm not doing another yeah. Zoom. We want That's what I've had. home groups. So we our, our biggest home group, which is obviously my dad's, Sam, yeah. you, know, you know, these guys. There's they, a whole lot of food and a whole lot of playing. They just hit 30 people. And this past week, they had a, a ceremony where they multiplied three home groups out of their single home group. So in six months, they tripled their home group. So I'm, I'm asking them to document what the heck did you guys do? Like, how, how was this so successful? Because I, I think it's just a lot of context mm -hmm. where we are. You're not meeting at the church. We, yeah. we don't have classroom space at all. You're, you're going to be in homes. But for whatever reason, this particular home group did something right. And for us, most of these people are either retired or semi-retired or whatever. And so they're not having the Zoom meetings for work. And so the ability to connect wherever they are is a big thing for them. So I think in some ways it's the responsibility of the church to be like, how can we connect our people mm. at whatever life stage they're at? How can we best serve them? That's why we do youth group for teenagers and not youth group for 40 year olds. But it's also the responsibility of the person to know what works for them and get plugged in to do that. Yeah. I think for us, uh, we haven't restarted, um, small groups yet. Um, or we call them missional communities, but you know, any kind of smaller group setting yet, but there's been a few people who've asked. Uh, I literally got off the phone as I drove to where I'm sitting now uh, with a woman who was in tears about loneliness and like depression and stuff. So it's been a, it's been a pretty big issue for us. Uh, Frank, you may be more in touch with this because of where you live, but this time of year, even before COVID people that are depressive go into that state. And so now it's like extra for the last couple of years as the seasons change and, you know, it starts to get dark pretty early like at the time change, it's going to start to be dark here at about five. So um, I think that's probably similar to where you are, right, Frank? Yeah, I was actually – you brought something up. If you are a pastor or someone in ministry and you're thinking of moving from like the southeast or the south in general or or even the west coast and you're thinking about moving to like – The northeast or The northeast Midwest, or the midwest, like – You need to know this. You need to yeah. know that like six or seven months of the year, it's gray. And, um, like literally health insurance plans up here allow you to put like, uh, tanning as a part of a thing you can write off in your, in your insurance for vitamin D for vitamin D. Like it's depression is a really big issue up here because there's just like, it's just gray for six or seven months. It's, it's a big problem. It's called seasonal affective disorder or sad. And, um, it's a serious thing. And so COVID exacerbated that, you know, it started in the spring obviously, but then as we got through the summer of, uh, hope and smashing that hope over and over in 2020. Um, and we got to the fall. It was like, I mean, there was, you know, news articles of the deep, dark winter and all that stuff were pretty serious. And so 
Um, and so, yeah, as far as loneliness goes, yes, I, I think anecdotally I've had more meetings with people about that same thing. I feel disconnected, you know, back to what you asked Frank about why people say they're disconnected. I literally had one person tell me, well, what you're trying to create there, I already have Christian community with other people who are not part of this church. So why would I be part of community here? And when someone hits you with that, you're like, well, that's what we're, we're going to do groups here. Sorry. You know, it's like, I'm not going to, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but the one thing I've noticed is that some people don't know that they're lonely. Uh, and I think there's a number of people in my church who hadn't experienced loneliness like they did during COVID, uh, especially single people who were stuck at home and not around the social environments they had been before. And so I, I remember one young guy I was talking with at the church and I asked him how he was doing, and he just said, I don't know, I just feel like blah. I just, I don't know what it is. And after we talked for a while, he realized that what he was talking about was loneliness. He just hadn't noticed that that's what it was before. And so for me, part of the time in 2020 and, and even into this year has just been like helping people articulate that that's probably what they're experiencing is some loneliness. So yeah, it's definitely been an issue for us. And, you know, it continues continues to be, and we have to kind of, continue to try to do things to meet that need, I think. So I get, I guess my question would then be for you guys is, uh, do you feel like the church has a responsibility to create social functions just for the sake of like, I mean, people want to, people always ask me like, can we have a, can we just have a board game night? Can we have a fellowship night, whatever? And they call it under the, the guise of fellowship. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I, I'm guessing Tim, it sounds like our churches are kind of similar where it's like, Small groups are supposed to kind of be that function, and so therefore organic fellowship can happen where if you want to do a bowling night with your small group or a board game night with your small group, like that's the natural overflow from that. But then when you ask the church to do this, and maybe I'm just like this like privileged church that we, we're like lazy and we don't want to we don't want to put people on staff to plan your ice cream social. You know what I'm saying? No, I, but I think it is a dynamic of the size of your church. Tim, your church is bigger than Andrew and I's. And right, I mean, I, what, you're up over 100 people, right? Yeah, we're inching to 200 right now. Okay, so you would be in a different kind of church dynamic than definitely than me. I mean, if I hit 30 or 35 on a Sunday, I'm pretty happy lately. So that's like a micro church. So in my setting, it makes more sense for me to say, hey, everybody, let's do this. But in this, once you get up over 100 people, 200 people, and then Frank, where you are, that doesn't make much sense. It does, everything doesn't have to be an official church function. It can just be coming out of this small group. But where I'm at right now, I, for me, I think it would be it would be it wouldn't be very wise or smart to not try and sort of jumpstart and kickstart some of that stuff because of the small number that I'm that that I'm a part of right now. But I'm not against the churchwide social function. What what we tell our home groups is if, if you if your home group is really passionate about a something, so we we have a, a churchwide movie night coming up, but it is sponsored by the young families home mm. group. So all of us as young families are putting on this churchwide event and we're just owning it. So one family's doing popcorn, one family's in charge of the movie, and we're inviting the whole church to join us. We're doing it, you know, outside by the lake. So it's still very much put on by the home group. It's sanctioned by the church, but it, the responsibility does not fall back on church staff. And that, that's been my plea to my elders and to the congregation when they're begging for a church event. I'm like, that's great. We can do one, but who's going to own it? And it's worked out best for us if we have individual home groups own those events and then put them out churchwide. I don't think it's nope. necessarily a responsibility of the church, but it should be a side effect of the church. Like that, the church should create community. Just in yeah. in general, when you, whenever you read the Book of Acts, they didn't do church together; they did life together. They were doing everything together. And Tim and I, in our, in our side gig, we uh, we do funeral live streams because that's the world we're living in these days. And just about every funeral that we are at, we look at each other and we say, man, like we would do every bit of this for free for anybody that was in our church. These people are, you know, their families are spending Boku bucks on funeral homes and then hiring us to come in and do the live stream because somebody couldn't do it. And it's one of those things where like, man, if, if this person was a nominal member that showed up at our church once a month, we would bend over backwards to do this for them for free. And that's not why you join a church. 
but that's what happens when you join a church. When you join a church, you get invested into the community when you show up and you're a part of what's going on. And I think so many lonely people, especially people that are skeptical about faith or religion or maybe they're just agnostic, they miss out on the community. And the, the article talked about how people that are in church are less lonely than people that are out of church. And I think that is absolutely true because we see that and we're around people and families that don't have anybody else. And it just makes me sad because part of the function of the church is to be a family for people. So I'm going to, this is just me kind of thinking out loud, but uh, there's this idea kind of in my head that, you know, in, in a similar way to how we would think of music as an expression of an essential part of the Christian's life, which is worship. Um, I think, and, and music takes on specific cultural forms, right? Like style of music is based on the culture it was made in or where it's being produced and, and enjoyed. And I think there's a, and that's not, you wouldn't say that music is a responsibility of the church. It's just one of the things that flows out of the church's life of worship. And I wonder if in a similar way, um, you can't say that social functions are a responsibility of the church, but they are, they are kind of the music of community. Uh, so to speak, in the life of a church. So, um, you know, Ooh, so you I love and, that. And, and so that community will take on the cultural forms of where it's happening. And for all of us as being Americans, one of the ways that culture happens and community happens is functions where you get together and eat or you play game. I just scheduled a bring your own dinner game night uh, for the first Friday night in November. They're super easy. They're super simple. They're fun. Um, another example from our church, even though what I said earlier about being a small church, um, we have a group of folks here who really like to play cornhole and they organize a cornhole league and it's pretty fun. And I don't really, I, all I literally do is show up and play cornhole. I don't organize anything. I announce it once in a while in church, but I don't, I'm not the driving force behind that. And it's part of the reason it's great and good is because it is just being driven by the passions of the people in the church and they invite their friends to come and play. It's one of the most outreach things we do uh, all year. And I didn't start it. I'm not maintaining it. I'm not spinning those plates. It's just happening. And so I think th those are the things you look for. So I wouldn't say that it's some responsibility the church has. I just think it's just going to happen if you're living in community together. You want to hang out. You want to do stuff together. I think if, if you're in youth ministry, for example, don't be ashamed to do events that are just for the sake of building relationships with one another. Yeah. One thing we used to do in youth group when I was a youth pastor is the first uh, the first youth night of the month or whatever, we call it Fuse Fellowship Nights. And what it was is an opportunity where um, after the message, when we have like 45 minutes of small group, that small group time would be 100% just hang out with each other. I think actually, looking back, I don't think I even did a message. It was just like we did games, we did worship, we did announcements, and then we broke off into the small groups, and the small groups just did whatever they want for that hour. And it was just a pure time for relational building and bonding. One thing we're doing currently, and so if you have two services and you want both services to, to eventually kind of meet with one another and that, that kind of dichotomy, that kind of concern you have. We're having an event in December called uh, Fellowship in 45. That's my running title. If you have a better title for it, like let me know because that's my current title. There's 45 minutes between the services here at our campus. And so for those 45 minutes, we're asking our people that if you go to the first service, stay an extra 45 minutes after service. And if you go to the second service, come 45 oh. minutes earlier and then hang out in our – we have a really, really big lobby. You could call it a fellowship hall, if you will. And we're going to have hot cocoa and high apple cider. And it's just an opportunity for people just to meet each other who miss each other because they go to different services. And, and, I've, and I've told people that, like, if you want to have a young adult board game night, use this opportunity to headhunt and, like, find all the young adults that you find and invite them to the board game night. Same with the seniors in our yeah. church and all that kind of other stuff. So – that's kind of what we're doing. I mean, so so I say that. I hope I didn't come off very critical. Like all these people are lonely, and I'm just saying, bah humbug, get away from me. I, I'm trying to do something here where we try to create some sort of community. I'm just wrestling with the with the with the trying to figure out, as you said, Jeff, and as as Tim said, it's like how do we not put the weight and the burden on the staff in order to accomplish um, these needs? So, and I would say pastors too, like especially if you're a younger pastor, don't feel like, I know that I have always felt pressure, like 
every event I do, there has to be some kind of like devotional thought or so I got to do some little Bible thing. Like you really can just have a game night and just have a game night. There doesn't have to be like, we're going to have a Super Bowl watch party. Probably we're not doing a Bible study at halftime. Okay. Like we're just going to watch the game together and have some wings. Aren't you glad the Super Bowl is so much more watchable than it was 12 or 15 <laughs> yes, years ago? Thank God. Like the, as a youth pastor, the GoDaddy commercials were terrifying. Yes. It was, you know, and then are you going to miss part of the game? Are you going to miss the Snickers commercial because you're afraid of the GoDaddy commercial? Thank goodness our culture has evolved a little bit in the past decade. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into a, a fun discussion about our tech at our church. So we're back, and I felt like that last discussion was a pretty big, full discussion of a lot of good, good, wonderful stuff. So I think this discussion could be a little bit more brief. We're going to talk about the tech in your sanctuary and what it looks like. And so this is why I want to bring this up. Uh, I, I preached yesterday, and I had one of those over-the-ear mics that a lot of you guys have. And it was The Chandler so- mic, right? <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I call it the Backstreet Boy mic, right? Like the no, it's a Chandler mic. mic, and the the lapel mic is the Piper mic. Ah, uh, and then you got the MacArthur, which is just on the stand because you don't move. Right. Nice, and then and then you have the the Judah Smith, which is the yeah. handheld mic. Yeah, but yeah. somehow it's the perfect mic because no matter yeah, what and you, put you the can mic, hold it eighteen inches from your face, and it sounds great. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm using the Chandler mic, I guess, and uh, it was every single time, literally. The past 10 times I've preached, my beard has ruffled against the mic and I've gotten beard interference and I get so frustrated. I get so ups- annoyed. And I just want to, every single time I just want to use a handheld mic because I know how to hold on my handheld mic. I feel like it's going to be clear. But it got me thinking about just church gear because I asked in the Facebook group, like, what mics do you guys use? And everyone was using all these different names, like a Countryman and some other brands that, like, I really don't know. Why am I supposed to know brands of mics? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know this stuff. It's part of your and profession, bro. I Come guess, on. I guess because it is. Because you talk for a living. I guess it is. So I, I say all that to say is I would love to know kind of what is the hardware and software that goes into your Sunday morning. I'm assuming there's going to be a lot that cross over. So not, we don't have to like go through an exhaustive list. But like it might be helpful for people who are either – Kind of always wanted to know, like, hey, what is what kind of stuff is in your church? So maybe that's like a best practice that they're unaware of that they should maybe purchase or consider getting or something. What kind of stuff is in your church? What kind of brands do you like to use? Um, and what what kind of tips have you learned along the way? Uh, I would say there's probably like I'm just thinking off the top of my head again, just bro- like broadly three categories of tech that I think about in the church sanctuary. There's the live sound reinforcement, so that'd be the PA system, the speakers, the mixer, the microphones. Uh, in our building, you can hold about 90 people in our room. We have, uh, I don't remember the exact model, but they're EAW-powered uh, speakers. I like powered speakers because you don't have an amp rack anywhere. And those are connected to a analog snake, uh, which goes back to our soundboard, which is a PreSonus QU24. I think it's a 24-channel digital mixer. Uh, I would say if you're ever upgrading a soundboard, go digital for sure. Uh, so much more versatility. For us, part of the reason that makes it great is that we have renter churches, and they have their own uh, setting on the mixer. So they have their own, they're called scenes, which is like every setting of the board. So there's no worries about walking in and the knobs are different because I just push a button and it resets it to our uh, sound. And I back that up to a flash drive every couple of weeks just to make sure nobody accidentally overwrites ours. So that's the basics of the sound system. And uh, we've got like six wireless mics, which are starting to get kind of busted up from a lot of people using them and they drop and all that. And I don't think I'm going to get six again for our small church wireless. I'll probably get like four wired and just a couple wireless. And then in terms of the mic I use when I preach, it is actually a country. And I was going to ask you this, Frank, is was the mic you were using, uh, did it have one ear mount or was it the go around behind your neck and do two ears? Two ears. Double ears. It, yeah, double ears. And it goes around to the back of my head. Yeah. I just I move a lot. I don't know. Yeah. I sweat. Well, that's what, so my when I first came, they had a lapel, and then we got a single ear countryman. And I have never gotten the single ear ones to stay. 
they always want to fall off and move. So for a little while, I was putting like a little piece of tape, like you can get medical tape and tape it on. Uh, and that kind of works. And then instead of buying another Countryman, which is pretty expensive, I think they're like in the three $400 range just for the mic. What I did was I went on Amazon and I bought a very cheap and expensive double ear microphone and I took it apart and just kept the double ear wire and basically attached the Countryman mic to that and kind of like made my own version of a double ear Countryman. And that's what I use every week. That works great. The wireless packs are sure. They're like the kind of the regular middle of the road. Sure. They're not the cheap, cheap ones, but they're not the super expensive ones. And those work pretty great. We use two uh, 70 inch TVs instead of projector. Um, And that's just coming off a Mac. We use a software called proclaim to throw the layer, throw the, uh, the slides and stuff. And then for live streaming, we use uh, an a 10 mini with two cameras and we use the Vimeo live stream studio software on the computer that does that. Both of them are iMacs, both fairly old iMacs. Like one is one is like that square body iMac from like, I don't know, nine or ten years ago. And the other one is maybe six or seven years old. And they're still running well. And I think that's that's pretty much it. The biggest thing I hate is all the batteries we burn through with all those wireless mics. Uh, we tried rechargeable batteries, but if somebody accidentally puts non-rechargeable batteries in the charger, then it will explode. And so that was not fun to find. Not like explode violently, but, you know, acid will come out everywhere and it's gross. And yeah, so we just we just use batteries. So that's pretty much our basic system. Jeff, that's why you went first. I, I knew your technology here was going I to was surpass a probably at one time. Yeah, I know. That's why I figured this was going to surpass all of ours. Um I'll say that I do use a countryman. I do use the single ear, uh, Jeff, the, the surgical tape matters. So it's a specific type when I can put it in the show notes that mm-hmm. I get off Amazon and it's taped. Uh, you can use a bandaid in a pinch though. You can, but the surgical tape, it, it does better. not move and I sweat yep. and it, it yep. does not, it doesn't move. Uh, not cheap at all. Frank, I get beard interference. It's about twice a sermon and I just I, I try the, the placement and I get it I, too. I you you got to kind of bend it out a little bit. So it's just like, a, just not quite bit. touching your face. Yeah. But it's a tough one. It, it is. It's hard. Uh, so all of our, when whoever's preaching, they wear the, the countryman uh, single ear headset, uh, our announcers, which is one of our elders does announcements every week. He uses the handheld. If there's a guest communicator, who's just giving an update or a missionary announcement, they do the handheld, all of our yep. worship team. They are wired microphones. That's just what our team prefers. Uh, I've got a digital mixer. We have two mixers, actually, uh, both digital. One has an interface. The other has an iPad interface. The iPad interface is strictly for our online sound. Mm. So we have two separate mixes, one for in-house audio, one for online audio. And you have, do you have um, two people mixing those separately? Nope. Well, technically, yes, but he's on stage, so he's not mixing live. He, he okay. we do a live test at the yes. So at the end of uh, band practice on Sunday morning, it's okay. Time for the live stream test. So then he will walk to the back of the room. He'll set levels, and then it's kind of a set it and forget it kind of thing. Andrew was yeah. making fun of us this morning because he's like, "Your worship team mics are on during announcements." I'm like, "Yeah, that's because." The guys on stage who well because you were playing the sermon audio from yesterday because your worship team was saying happy birthday to you and i was just laughing because they were talking about the surprise while the announcements were being made yeah and it, it was, was it was, it was pretty silly no, it, it was, was silly uh jeff like you we also have two imax ours are not that old um we upgraded those about two years ago so we have two fresh imax in the back uh pro presenter runs on one machine to talk to both machines. So it is one pro presenter to rule them all. So it will shoot the lyrics to our two 80 inch displays, uh, at the front of the stage. It'll also shoot the lyrics over to our live stream. And it's a beautiful thing. Pro presenter has looks. If you have pro presenter seven, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can set all the different looks you want. Oh, it is. It just makes life so easy to plug your lyrics in and it all come out looking pretty and beautiful exactly the way you want it formatted every single time i am so glad i don't have to export um a keynote file like i used to in youth group back in the day so thank (laughs) you so much 
per presenter. We use Restream. That's the software we use to shoot out our live stream to every major platform you could possibly think of. We just do Facebook and YouTube because that's where our people are. But they could go yeah. to a number of different places via yeah, we, we stream to Vimeo, and then Vimeo goes to Facebook and YouTube and uh, Church yeah. Online platform. So tech tips that, that we've learned along the way, um, I, I would say the surgical tape has been huge. I, I, I make sure every guest preacher gets that too because there was one Sunday where they didn't, and that mic, I mean, it was just running away, and it was so Flops awkward in the live stream because yeah. you, you could watch it just slowly inching away from their face, and it was the most distracting thing yeah. of all time. And then the other big tech tip for, for us has been mastering per presenter. Just who, whoever's running it back there, um, take the time to get them to learn that software. Once they have it down, it's going to make that, that's a general so tip. much like, easier. Yeah, get your volunteers to be knowledgeable enough that they can troubleshoot without you. That's like the goal. 100%. 100%. And we also use NA10 Mini. We have two Lumix G7s. Um, I prefer using the same cameras because we're going to get the same look when we switch yep. between shots. I typically use the same lens on each camera. Um, again, so we can have the same uh, look when we switch between shots. Now, if you've seen our live stream, you know what we fight. We literally fight the sun. Our building is surrounded by glass. So it is a it is a struggle. Yesterday was awesome. Yesterday was a dark day. It was is overcast that, is that and rainy. Stand? So it was perfect. Like you, yeah, it's perfect for. It's better for us when it's rainy too and overcast. Yeah. Is that why you stand where you stand with a wall behind you in the live shot? Or is so that, that just wall where behind stand? me is my center marker. That's how I okay. know center stage. So that's dead center stage. It's also where we planted a Bible when we built the worship center. So whoever preaches, if they are preaching center stage, they are standing six feet above the word of God. It's in our foundation. So I get to literally preach on the word of God every week. It's pretty cool. So you I've let a Bible touch the ground? Is that what you're saying? I've, it's I've, in the foundation. I've weird. known it for a Jeff. decade, and I've never known that. It's a founding member. Cool. It is actually her grandmother's Bible. It's a really oh, cool story. though. Yeah. yeah. So our our tech is kind of probably, you know, a little bit middle of the the road of the two that have been discussed. We use the A10 Mini. We have the two Lumix G7s with the same lenses and whatnot. Our audio, we just have an analog board because, again, it's what our people know. And um, one of the nice things about the ATEM is with the picture-in-picture, picture, um, we have two both computers that we're using are like seven- or eight-year-old Dell desktops. Yeah. And we use PowerPoint because our praise team people do not know ProPresenter. So rather than having a mediocre version of what they don't know, we'll take a decent version of what they do know. And so we have uh, a video that goes out to the – we have two – 65 inch TVs on either side of the stage and that same signal goes into channel one on the ATEM mini. So the picture in picture on the ATEM uh, channel one is that screen. So if we're showing a video or something, we can hit that button and then that goes to our online or also outside because we have another TV that's for the people that are sitting outside because we still do that. Apparently we thought it was going to last two or three months and here we are a year later and people still like sitting outside. Um, for sound stuff, we have wired mics for the praise band, wireless for if anyone's talking that's not preaching, and then the same, you know, one ear countrymen. Yeah, we didn't yeah. talk monitors. Our worship team has the option. Was, they have a wedge in front of them, but they don't have ask. to. We also have in ear setup, yeah. so they can use the wedge or they can use the in ear. We yeah, just we have, have we just have wedges. We're you know we've got a really dope 1997 setup. But it works for us. So my my tech tip is don't try to be anything that you're not. Yeah. You know, there's – you can do a one-camera setup with a, you know, 16-channel soundboard with excellence or you can have $8,000 worth of near, new gear and not know how to use it and you're going to look and sound terrible. So learn how to do what is best with what you have. And if you want to make a wish list, make a wish list for other stuff later. But the, can we also say to take the time to troubleshoot? Like yeah. Sunday morning probably is not, not troubleshooting the best time. time. Yeah, like, my you, tip you was going to be do not, the not experiment on Sunday ever. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Doesn't matter it, how amazing of an idea you had. Oh, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I just thought of a great way to make this better. 
do that on Monday afternoon or Tuesday. Get your volunteers in there at some other time. Hey, and hey I would praise say, team, maybe you need to practice this week so that we can try out that idea that you have yes. instead of just showing up Sunday morning because <laughs> Sunday morning is not the time to try that very good, possibly service-changing idea that you have. Well, or also and If we're going to implement it, we need you to show up. Tech team, guy who is on my tech team that works in IT, Sunday morning, as I love that you want to do this, but Sunday morning is not the time to try new IP addresses on the live streaming computer. It was, can we please do that during the week, please? I asked this question and I didn't look up any of our tech or any of our gear ahead of time. So, like, I have no idea off the top of my head what some of the stuff is. I, I have some guesses, but I'm glad I don't just because, like, if we were talking about our main campus that streams everything, there's equipment there that I have no idea. Like you guys were talking about um, iTem Minis. Is that is the brand that makes the iTem Minis Black Magic? Yeah. Yeah, ATEM yeah. Mini, yeah, they're Black Magic. ATEM Minis, not ITEM. ATEM, yeah. yeah see, ATEM, is- a- there's a bunch of more ATEM things. Okay. Your yeah, main yeah. campus probably has like the ATEM broadcasting stuff that's bigger yeah. than the Mini. Okay, sure. So I all I know is there's a lot of things that are called black magic and and uh we were we always laugh ironic for churches. Yeah, we laugh because they were in a church and stuff. We use Resi as our main thing to to broadcast. Yep. I think that's like kind of normal for like multi-site churches because I think they, we also use Resi to stream it from one campus to another. Um and and if if there's one tip that I've learned that I don't think people are prepared for is especially like if you want to have like um I mean, I don't know how many people are listening to this who are single sites and they want to go multi-site. But when you decide to go multi-site and you do stuff like streaming, you're going to have long conversations with Spectrum or these like streaming service, like your internet provider, because you might need a special line that's outside of the neighborhood just so that you can have enough uh, up and down to be able to broadcast yeah. and stream or to receive the feed with any, without any latency issues from like your neighbors. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know that we didn't have to do this because we like we like not, I don't want to say we fought with Spectrum, but like Spectrum wanted to pay, charge us ten thousand dollars just so they can run a new line of fiber into our building, and we were like, that feels unreasonable. Let's figure something else out. And then we worked. So, I don't I don't know how how the outcome of that. We figured something else out. But um, I think we use a Midas board for all of our campuses. We have these Midas boards that are digital, kind of like what you said, Jeff. Like you yeah. guys have multiple people using it like we we have um they're able to set different kind of presets at a time um yeah i mean we have a good balance of wired mics and 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 wireless mics same thing like if you're speaking you're probably using a wireless mic we don't have any wedges which is one thing actually i kind of miss because there's something cool about like being a rock star and putting your foot on, (laughs) on a monitor and like trying to like emphasize a point or something but uh, everyone uses in-ears and I think only the paid staff has like super nice in-ears, like the ones they get custom fit. Yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone else literally just uses like earbuds that they bring from home or something. Um, good. Well, I was just going to say two more things that came to my mind. One, I was going to bring up the monitor thing, but two, um, I think Andrew, you and I probably do this most similar thing as far as the a 10 mini and the, um, using a picture in picture. But I took the. I think on your when I've seen your live stream, are you just using the default settings for the picture in picture, where it's just like in the corner of the whole screen? No, we do. I, so it's in the top right corner, but we've yeah. we, it's bigger than the default setting. Okay, the, big, so the what, default setting on it is pretty little, and so we I made it about twice that size and then moved it over a little bit. So and I did for a us, similar. It's just just because of the placement of where our band is and where the cross is, we didn't want to cover the cross with the picture in picture. Right. Yeah. So what I was going to say, if you have an A10 Mini and you're like, you don't want to go into the whole keying and all that stuff, which ProPresenter Tim is probably what I think what yours does. But um, what you can get a similar look to that by uh, I actually just cropped the um, the image coming into the A10 and moved it down to the bottom. And then I just know that when I put text on a screen, it has to be in the middle so we can only fit two lines. But then the picture in picture for us appears at the bottom and it's cropped to just those two middle lines. And so that's a really simple part of this. Part of the thing when you're in a smaller church is you have to think of solutions that like your volunteers can handle um, and, and that they can feel confident about. And then as you grow and they grow, you can make that more complex. 
But if you have, you know, knowledge of something that's at a 10 and your volunteers are at a three, you've got to make things work for them at a three until they grow into that. And then the other real, just really small practical thing I would say that has helped our live stream sound better is put a mic in the room and feed that into the live stream if you can. Um, put a room mic. So with us, it was an old pulpit mic, an old MacArthur mic that we weren't using anymore for the pulpit. And I actually hung it from the ceiling in the center of the room. It's a condenser mic. It's a little pencil, like a uh, uh, gooseneck little mic you'd find on a, on a the, pulpit. There's called Bob, Bob Barker mics. A Bob Barker, yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Hung it down from the ceiling, kind of in the middle of the room, and ran it. And it's in the live stream mix so that you can hear people praying. You can hear people singing back. So you get a sense of the room. Because one of the things that live stream audio stinks at is it feels like very canned sometimes. So that's a really simple way. If you want to experiment with it, just put a mic on a stand and stick it in the room. Turn it up in the live stream mix and see how much it changes your mix. It'll it'll really an experiment on Sunday it. morning right before the service starts. Yeah, that's actually, really do it like do, do it unannounced as you go up to preach. Like just throw a mic up service. on the stage. Yeah, just do it. Even better. Perfect. See, we we kill the we kill the room mic for the sermon. Yeah, We're, you know the just because you know babies cry, people get up. And so room mic during worship, yes, but no room mic during sermon. Well, where it's placed and how much it's in the mix can matter a lot too. But like this Sunday, we've, we did a long, pretty long prayer time, and the little kids that were in the worship service with us prayed, and it was the most adorable, precious little thing because the little boy, people were you know, you know know praying in their Christianese voice, and this little boy literally was like, Hey, Jesus! And he started praying. It was so awesome. And you can hear it because we have that room mic. And so it was really sweet. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, other than that, like every, like you guys said, I got MacBooks everywhere. Not MacBooks. Um, iMacs everywhere. Um, I, for some reason, I think our lighting system, um, it has to have a PC. So that's not on a, um, I'm on an iMac or, or a MacBook or anything like that. Um, and yeah, ProPresenter, man. I mean – it's uh it's a big deal and uh and yeah so i don't know i I actually was thinking about like the fact that our streaming side of things is a whole different conversation you mentioned you asked him about if he has two sound guys you know running both boards yeah we so literally the moment we started getting serious about live streaming because before we were when we were just streaming to the other campuses we would send a feed and then i think i think the sound guy it Oh yeah, we were only we were only mixing the the audio, so it wasn't like the the sermon, so that wasn't that big of a deal. But when you have whole bands streaming a band is a whole different conversation, right? And uh, and so we have like two people running sound for both the stream and in house. We have people running the what's like one running the pro presenter in the house, one running the pro presenter for the feed, um, and then we have a tech director, which I don't know. How, I mean, like like. I, when I got here and I heard that our church had a tech director, I'm like, who are we, Life Church? But I, I realized that, like, man, if you're if you're trying to really have like sufficient timing on everything, it's and a deal, man. It's a big deal, and so like, and that's a hard role to find a volunteer of, you know, to find a true tech director. Like, you, there's a lot of training involved in that. But there's people who just like we have a, we, we're right by an engineering school, um, Milwaukee, um, the Mil- MSOE. Milwaukee School of Engineering, and a lot of those like computer engineers love this kind of stuff. Like they don't know anything about sound or audio, but like they know enough to know how to to, to kind of get on a computer and figure things out. It's pretty great. Hey, uh, this was good. This was good uh, in the Facebook group. If you have some gear or some tips along the way that you learned, um, or or, or, you, or is there some stuff that like is, this is on my wish list? Um, put it in the Facebook group. We'd love to hear more about it and talk about it there. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll end the show. Hey, this was a great show. I really enjoyed talking about, you know, our people and, you know, how how we're dealing with helping helping our folks overcome loneliness and finding community. And then just, I always find it insanely practical. We can just say, Hey, what are you doing in your church and, and sharing our gear list and all that kind of stuff. I uh, just want to remind everyone the practically pastoring conference officially endorsed by T4G is happening February uh, 21st to the 23rd in 
in 2022 in the Lakeview Church in uh, Tarpon Springs, Florida. It's going to be great. The uh, Tim, the lake is fully stocked, correct? The lake is fully stocked and continuing to be stocked. We had 500 bass put in two weeks ago, 250 giant bluegills last week. And from what I've heard, my, my buddy who's stocking, he said there is more on the way. And I had the convo with him about shark fishing. It is a go, boys and girls. So oh my it's, it's all going down. It is all going down. This event is getting out of hand right now. So it's going to be so <laughs> exciting, so fun. Uh, can't wait for the conference. Again, use the code PASTORS25 to save $25 on the conference. We are excited about it. We hope to see you there. With that being said, before we leave, Tim, happy birthday. Appreciate that. Yeah. Andrew, it's your birthday week too, right? When? 39 years old, you little whippersnappers. Yikes. I demand some 39. respect from you, from you youngins. It's like that Kevin Hart interview. Dang! <laughs> 39 I didn't wow. mean it like that it just came I'm, out I'm, I way, tall, I didn't I'm way taller than he is that's one thing to know that <laughs> good good like well, two or three full inches happy birthday to the morning after Four. ministry guys slash the Florida crew the Florida the Florida chapter of the practically pastoring com- uh, crew hey and uh, conference and conference that's true With that being said, we hope to see you next week. Join the Facebook group. Find us on Instagram. And leave a review if you can help us uh, let other people find out about this podcast. Five stars. Yeah, give us five stars. I'm Frank Gill. I'm Jeff Simpson. I'm Andrew Larson. And if you're feeling lonely and you're a pastor and that loneliness is because it gets dark way too early where you live, why don't you come on down to Florida for the Practically Pastoring Conference where it's literally sunny until 9 p.m. year-round. I'm Timothy Miller. And this is Practically Pastoring. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Get connected to other pastors by joining the Practically Pastoring Facebook group where we get to share ideas and make each other better.